Dear friends in Jesus Christ, great to see you on this extremely cold Christmas Eve. I'm so glad you were willing to brave the elements in order to come and worship the Christ. As I think about Christmas, I think there are a lot of people doing something with Christmas. I think we could say, though, that there are kind of two kinds of Christmas going on within the United States and maybe even around the world. For example, there is a secular version of Christmas. So that can be a pretty nice thing. People have a Christmas tree, they have lights, they have a beautiful family gathering, they have presents, they have food. It kind of seems a lot like Christmas, but I don't know if it has so much to do with the Christ. However, though, there's something much better that God wants us to have, and I think you're starting off in that direction by gathering here today on Christmas Eve. What I'm getting at would be a spiritual Christmas. So you can have all the secular stuff. That's all good stuff, so you can have that. But then, though, when we have a sincere admission regarding our sins— when we have that godly sorrow that he works in us, knowing that our sins are ultimately against the almighty God, when we have that God-given trust by which we are trusting in the Christ of Christmas, we know he is, who he is, we know what he has done, we know that through him our sins are forgiven, we know that we have the gift of eternal life, then... Every day, whether it's Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or whatever day it might be, then we have this unspeakable peace. We know that between us and God, there's no more barrier of sin, but everything is great. And then we can live with great joy knowing our sins are forgiven. I hope all of you have that now and God will keep us in that peace and joy throughout our lives. Well, when we think about a Merry Christmas, that's a nice thing, but I think really what God wants for us, he wants to give us what I'm calling tonight a Merry Eternity. Why have just like one great day and then we kind of forget about God? Why not have a focus on Christ throughout this life heading into a Merry blessed, fantastic eternity. God wanted that so much for all of us that what did God do? God had to give 100%. God had to go all the way for us in order to provide that. How are we supposed to respond to God? Well, Jesus gave us some idea here in Mark chapter 12. He said, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. I think that side of it is oftentimes forgotten, like God did everything toward us, and he's calling for like a really strong response back. Now, can we perfectly do that? We can't. But should we try? By all means, because we were hell-bound, and now in Christ we are heaven-bound, and that should like compel us to want to go in that kind of a direction. Well, I have a real short text for tonight. We're in Titus chapter 2. We're only going to look at a few verses here, but it is Christmas, so. So in verse 11 of Titus chapter 2, it says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men. 
Well, what is true for all of us? If we're really honest, I'm included in this too. What is true for all of us? Well, we have messed up big time. But the amazing thing is, though, God still loves us. So even though our sins are great, God's love is greater. Wow, what an amazing thing. When we think about what it says there, the grace of God has appeared. See, the grace of God, that's the unconditional love of God. So God doesn't love us because we are lovable. God loves us because he is love. So it says the grace of God appeared, or we could say the love of God appeared, and that's talking about Christmas. That is when the Son of God put on flesh, when he appeared in the world. He is the love of God in flesh and blood. That's what we're talking about right here. When I think about Jesus coming, boy, he came for everyone. Nobody is left out. But then I think about that sad passage there in John chapter 1. It says that the Son of God, with his flesh on, he came to his own. Now, it's really talking there in the context of him coming to the Jewish people. It says he came to his own, but so sad, his own did not receive him. They did not receive him. Now, the promise had been made 4,000 years earlier God has all kinds of reminders in the Old Testament about him coming, and yet finally he arrives, and most did not receive him. Let's understand he's done all that he has done for everyone, so let us gladly receive him. Let us understand the benefits are out of this world, so let's gladly receive him. Let's rejoice in our Savior. So when we think about God having moved us from a horrible position, now into an amazing position, we come to the next verse, and God is now instructing us to be different. Now that we are on the road to heaven, he's instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in this present age. In other words, he's saying, you are my forgiven children, now be different than the rest of the world. Basically, God is saying to us, stop doing wrong and start doing right. Thinking about the words here, it talked about stopping ungodliness. Ungodliness is talking about a disregard for religious belief or practice. God is saying, stop being that way. And then with worldly desires, that's an unrestrained desire for something that is forbidden. God is saying, stop getting pulled in those directions, but rather call upon me for help. Stop going in that direction. Start going in a direction that is pleasing to God. And then he tells us to live sensibly. That means to live with self-control. You know, we live in a world today that seems out of control. God is saying for us, let's be different. Let's live with self-control. And then he tells us to live righteously. In the word righteously, you can see the word right. So to live righteously means to live legally, live honestly, live fairly. Even if the rest of the world doesn't, let them do what they want to do. Let's be different because we are God's holy children. And then it says we should live godly. What does that mean? We should live 
with great respect for our great God. And then it's amazing in this text, it's just talked about the coming of Christ into the world and already it's referring to his return. The text goes on in verse 13, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we know that Jesus came once, we know that he is coming again, and the Bible tells us that he will come like a thief in the night. So what is so critical here? It's so critical to always be ready. I wanna tell you a little story about a classroom situation. Uh, many years ago, it was a third grade class, and the teacher decided she was gonna have a contest among the students. Now, the kind of desks that they had, maybe you guys can relate to this. It was the kind of desk I had in school, back in elementary school. So you had a desk, and then the top of it would open up and you could like store your stuff in there. Can anyone relate to that? Okay, a lot of you remember that. Well, the teacher said, we're gonna have a contest and whoever has the cleanest desk is gonna win a prize. So this one little girl, she's like, teacher, teacher, when are you gonna check the desks? And she says back to the student, she said, I'm not gonna tell you when I'm gonna check. Teacher, teacher, how can I know when to have my desk all cleaned up and ready for when you check? And the teacher said, well, I'm not gonna tell you. So then the little girl said, well, thinking about it, I guess I have only one choice here. If I wanna win the prize, I'm gonna have to always keep my desk clean and ready to be checked. She had it figured out. I'm not sure if she won the prize, I'm guessing that she did. However, though, what is that telling us about our Lord Jesus Christ? It's telling us that we have really no idea when he's coming. Now, when I say that, boy, there seems to be a lot of things going on in the world that maybe are pointing to the nearness of his coming. We don't know for certain. Other people have thought that too over the centuries. However, though, it is because it is so important that we are ready when he does come, we should be like that third grade girl and we should say, I'm gonna remain ready moment by moment, day by day until he returns. So it's so important to live with that readiness, live with that expectation, even live with that excitement that when he comes, it's gonna be so amazing for all who know Jesus. Finally, just a little bit at the end here, one more verse. Verse 14, it's telling us what Jesus has done for us. So it says, he gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. Think about what he has done for us. Here we were filthy in our sins, and yet the Son of God put on flesh. He lived that perfect life for every single person, and then he permitted sinful people to sacrifice him on the altar of the cross. He permitted all of it because of great love for us, because of perfect obedience to the Father, and because of what he did, he opened the way to heaven for absolutely everyone. So we wanna make sure that we have received him and upon having received him, let's be certain that we are forgiven. Let's be certain that heaven is open for us. And then 
well, maybe thinking about it like this, knowing that we have God's love, we have God's forgiveness, we have God's peace, what's a great way to respond? Let us seek and know and follow his will for our lives. That will greatly honor our God, that will be a blessing to us, and that will keep us ready for when he finally comes. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for sending your son. Dear Jesus, we thank you so much for your great saving work. And dear Holy Spirit, we thank you for giving us faith by which we trust in Jesus as our Savior. Now, dear Holy Spirit, we pray that you would make us radically different in our lives, remembering what you have done for us through Jesus. Make us radically different. May that show to others, and may you also compel others who don't yet know you, bring them into the kingdom, and grant them the great, wonderful, eternal blessings that we have in the Christ of Christmas. In his name we pray. Amen. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious Change shall he break.
就。